when I'm stuck with a day that's gray and lonely. I just stick on my chin and grin and say, oh, the sun will come out tomorrow, so you gotta hang on till tomorrow. Hi, Brian. Hi, Mink. How are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic, and I'm excited to be talking to you, the legend, the superstar <laughs> of music oh and my. film. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're my favorite person in the world right this minute, so let's get chat. Well, thank you so much. Um, well, where do we start? Let's let's start with uh, let's start with this release, this new release on Blu-ray of Serial Mom. Has it been twenty three years? <laughs> Actually, it's been, yeah, longer than that, 24 years, I think. It came out in 93. 93, yeah. I can't remember, 93 or 94. Before, yes. So it's been a number of years, yes. And I look exactly the same. You, I, 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 I'm sure you're do, you do, you're, you're always beautiful. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's not true at all. First of all, I do not have a red perm. <laughs> What was your what was your most memorable moment from uh, on the set of Serial Mom? Oh, the courtroom scene, all of it, the whole courtroom scene. I loved that scene. I mean, I had you know more fun doing that than I had with than I had had in a long time. You know, I just loved it. You just loved it. it. So what? You know, I got I got to call a major movie star a big fuck. You did. You it's did. Not you went. Something that everybody gets to say. You went one on one with uh, the amazing Kathleen Turner. With the amazing Kathleen, and I held my own. You did. You did. You were. You were excellent. You. You. You were, were good. Yeah. Did. Did. Uh, you know. You. You've worked with John Waters since the very beginning. How did you two meet? What was. What was like the first impression back in the day when you first met, and how did that happen? Well, I met him in Provincetown. Uh, I happened to be visiting my sister who was there for the summer, and she knew him from, she was acquainted with him from Baltimore, and she introduced us. You know, we met, ran into him on the street one day. And by the end of the summer, uh, we were all sharing this. You know, we were all living together. So the friendship came pretty quickly. It was instant and, and uh, you know, immediate. The thing that I remember the most about John was how absolutely charismatic he was. I mean, he was a skinny, skinny guy with, you know, long, stringy hair and these yellow glasses. I mean, he had these yellow aviator glasses and he wore corduroy bell bottoms and striped T-shirts. You know, jerseys, we called them. And I don't think we even called them T-shirts then. But... enormous eyes and he just knew so much he was just so I, I don't know what the word is he was just so culturally aware he knew so many things I mean we bonded personally over things like our hatred for Catholicism and uh, you know anger you know that kind you know our anger at Catholicism and uh, you know our but he was just way ahead of me knowledge-wise. And he would, you know, give me books to read. And he turned me on to Tennessee Williams. And, uh, I mean, it was just, there was just so much to 
to uh, to see in him. Plus, he seemed amazingly confident. Yeah, I, mean, I met him twenty years old, and he was just the most self-directed, self-confident person I'd ever met, and possibly maybe to this day that I have ever met. He seems like you know, that. I mean, and by, yeah. by knowing him he, and me. He says no. When I, I told him that, he goes, oh, I don't feel that way. And I go, yeah, well, you know, you kind of do. <laughs> <laughs> it, Otherwise, you wouldn't have written, you know, a thousand, you know, a dozen or so. Accomplish all of that without confidence. Right. And, you know, I guess, you know, that relationship, as you describe, you know, you know, his movies involve a lot of really fun and uh, satire and, you know, maybe some people would call gross moments. But I guess he makes you feel very easy and comfortable in doing in doing those um, fun things. Yeah, we were film. easy and comfortable as long as we knew our lines. Yeah. You know, and none of us wanted to be the one who forgot. Oh, what would happen if you forgot your lines? <laughs> well, you get this look from John, and it was not a friendly look. <laughs> and I understand, basically, none of us did forget our lines. There's one scene in Pink Flamingos where Chan, who plays my butler, who plays Channing the butler, um, where we've caught him dressed in my clothes. Yeah. I don't know if you remember the scene. But anyway, I slap him and I pull his ear, and he. We would get through the first 15 or so minutes of the scene. I'm exaggerating slightly. But we'd get through the first several minutes of the scene and Chan would forget a lie. We had to start over from the beginning. Wow. And she got a little redder than he expected. <laughs> and I think I might have actually drawn blood on her ear. I'm not sure. <laughs> but it was, you know, that was the problem. We couldn't cut. You know, all these, you know, in early films, we were doing everything in master shots. There was just one camera, one camera location, you know, one camera angle. And we had to get it right from beginning to end. And they were very wordy scripts. Right. You know, know, they, and we were not allowed to forget words. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, (laughs) Edith had it the worst, poor thing. Because John would write her this dialogue but she didn't even know what she was saying you know she had no idea of what she was actually saying she learned everything phonetically and if she was there was one scene in uh, female trouble when <laughs> I love saying this one scene in female trouble where each is sitting in the birdcage in her, in her hand that's been chopped off yes and I've gotten her a hook and the uh I mean, these are just amazing. And then I can say something like that. I love that. And then um, she's trying to convince me to come and, you know, to set her free and join her and become a little baby butch dyke and blah, blah, blah. And she could. She forgot. And she, we went through that scene probably, oh, more than 20 times. Wow. I think we did 29 takes of it. And by the end, when she finally got it right, you know, I mean, John was right. John upset and making John upset was making it harder for her you know I mean it was just one of those awful downward spiral of time and of course you know the 29th take was even the best and I was just kind of wrung out by that. <laughs> <laughs> you know it was like 
That's great. You know, we were all very aware of our time limitations and our budgetary limitations. Right. You know, that film was expensive and that, you know, blowing a scene cost money. So we were all very, very careful to be on top of what we needed to do. Right. Because it was kind of, you know, almost guerrilla, really indie filmmaking in the 60s and 70s, right? Well, yeah, it was very guerrilla, but it was totally scripted. There, there were no ad-libs. No, so so yeah, John no, wrote these, and he wanted you to st- stick to that screenplay, right? He wanted, oh, yeah. As a matter of fact, he just gave a speech recently to... Um, he won a, a Writer's Guild Award, a Lifetime Achievement Award from the Writer's Guild in New York. And he will say it to this day. You know, he does not understand why actors want to improvise. You know, if they want to improvise, they should join the Writer's Guild and write their own movies. That, I think that's not quite a quote, but it's um, a distillation of some kind of what he, what he said. But he was, he's adamant. You know, he says he writes these movies and he wants them. He wants to blah, blah, blah. Right. That's great. And, I mean, you've been there since the beginning uh, of everything. And so, you know, since you've been in every John Waters film, does he just call you up and every say, hey, feature. I've got another part for every you? Every feature. Every what? I'm sorry. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. I didn't... I, I've only been in, I've been in the features. There are three short films I'm not in. Okay. Um, just to clarify. Okay, just to clarify. So all the features, does he just call you up and say, hey, you're in this next movie? <laughs> kind of. Pretty much, yeah. You know, I mean, it, it's... Um, uh, in the last few... You know, there was... He, he called me when we were... He was getting ready for... Um, Dirty Shame, which was the last show. Right. You know, he, he sent me a script, and he had a part, you know. You know, I asked him, I said, I'd really rather play this part. And he agreed to that, um, for which I was I was pleased. And then, um, but for Serial Mom, I think he, he wrote the part of, of uh, what's it called? Dottie? Dottie Hinkle. Yeah. Yeah, Dottie. She wrote the part of Dottie for me, and you know, I and sent me with that, you know, with that notation telling me that. But yeah, you know, he would just say, you know, we're going to be. I mean, I would always be aware that a film was coming. You know, I don't always know when he was writing on, and it was always kind of interested because I, I, I was never guaranteed a part. It was never, a, you know, a, an absolute that I was going to be in whatever film he was working on. Uh, he did write parts for me, but he didn't always tell me he was doing it. But you, yeah, you, but you've been it's so amazing in every role you've played, and with Serial Mom, yeah, well, the, thank cor- you. the the courtroom scene, just when Kathleen gets the best of you, and it's just it's so much fun to watch. I do love that scene. I really do. It was it was a very much fun. I got 
to lose it. And I got to lose it in a more quiet way than I had lost it at other times. Right, right. You know, and I, it, it looked was, like... It was a more control. There was much more control to it. Right, and it looked like everybody oh, was mostly on set for that, you know, that whole scene, right? Uh, well, no. Nobody's always on set unless they're on camera. Okay. It, it, it looked... It looked uh, you know, sometimes where people are sitting in the scene will be where the camera has to go when the camera's pointed in the other direction. Right. You know, there are just those logistics of filmmaking. So I think when I was actually calling her out, I think, I don't know. I can't, I can't remember, but I don't think everybody was there. It's just the way movies are made. Right. Kathleen was there. Yes. Kathleen was always wonderful about, you know, being the voice on the other side. She was always, you know, when she had, when, she, when it was... You know, they call it turnaround. Yes. You know, when the scene is, is directed towards one actor and then they call it turnaround when it's directed at the actor on the other side of the room. Right. Kathleen would always stay and do her lines with me. That's great. You know, she, yeah. She was, oh, she was a dream to work with. Yeah, so that's what I was going to ask. Was she, was she a lot of fun to work with, and you know, especially on this film and getting to do all this? Uh, I'm sorry, you're, you, you do cut out. Is that oh. near you? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm not sure. I can I can hear you. I'm sorry if I'm cutting out. Um, okay. Well, I just want to make sure I hear your question. Oh yes, yes. So you know, working with Kathleen, you know, and this was like you know a very very big star um, during this. Did she fit right in with yeah with everybody on a John Waters film? She absolutely did. As as though she had just been you know walked in from next door. <laughs> That's great. Lovely. That's awesome. Yeah, she completely did. She, I think she would really love the character of Beverly. And why wouldn't she? I mean, she, she is so good in that role. I think that may be the best role she's ever played, ever. And she looks fabulous, and she is, you know, her acting is so perfect. It's so spot on. And the, um, but yeah, she was having a great time. She was, and it's, that's why I love the film so much, is like, you know, the story is like, you know, it seems like, you know, it's like a satire on media, and like, you know, you know, the, it's the little things, the little details, like, oh, be a better person, or, you know, somebody takes it to an extreme, so I think it's really funny that, you know, like, buckle your seatbelt, or, you know, something like that, and I yeah, love Yeah, exactly, that. and there's, there's a scene, the moment, you know, she's getting ready to escape, she a van to go after, you know, she's got a big butcher knife in her hand. She's hijacked a van. She's going after Scotty, you know, the, the her son's friend, to, to kill him. And yet she takes the time to buckle her seatbelt. Yes. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, these are the things that make the movie so fabulous. These tiny little moments. There's a moment that I love where she is walking, she's in the house of the woman who does not rewind her videotapes, and she has just changed her mind about the butcher knife and goes back into the kitchen to get the leg of lamb. Right. And as she's walking back into the kitchen, there's a little slick to her skirt. Just this little flirty little slick to her skirt, a joyous little dancey little thing. 
And yeah. I don't know whether it was deliberate or whether it was spontaneous or whether it was just accidental, but to me, that signifies the absolute glorious fun that, that Beverly was having and Kathleen as Beverly yes. was having making this, making this movie. Right. Yeah, I mean, she, her, I just love, there's just a little flick of a skirt. Yeah, it's so subtle. You know, you you have to be you have to have seen the movie a couple of times to notice it. You know, but when I rewatched it, I, I was like, I love that. Yeah, I love that too. But yeah, it was a, yeah, it was it was really easy to work with Kathleen. And now, and you know, recently, well, it was a, a couple of weeks ago, the illustrious uh, Criterion Collection released. Multiple maniacs on the Criterion Collection, yes. and I'm just you know when that happened, I really just hope that Criterion releases every John Waters movie, um, and <laughs> and I love I love multiple maniacs, and um, I I just I think there's just so much underneath the surface of that film, and you play an excellent part. So while doing that, was there is there any part, I guess, in any film, you know, with John Waters that you uh, would say no to doing something that he would ask you to do? Well, you know, I mean, the story is that I refuse to set my hair on fire, and that is true, but it's not a new story. Um, I had agreed to do it. John had asked me uh, the summer before we made it, before we made Think Women Goes. And I had just spoken up with my boyfriend, and I was desolate, and we were in Provincetown, and we were just hanging out. And he said, oh, in the next movie, will you set your hair on fire? I said, I said, oh, sure. Sure. Okay. Fine. And then, and I thought I could do it. I really did believe I could do it. And John bought me a wig, and it was going to be, you know, this thing, and, you know, I would have this wig to wear while my hair grew back. And then as time came closer after doing it, I realized that I, was just, I had just said something so stupid, so off the cuff, like stupid. And I had to tell him I had changed my mind, and it was an issue. It was an issue. He was uh, annoyed with me uh, for changing my mind, and I felt really bad about it. You know, I didn't like turning him down. I didn't like going back on my word. But I also didn't want to be bald. And I had real fear that that would happen. So uh, I made the right decision. I just wish I had made the decision before. I, I just wish the decision had been made immediately rather than as a change of heart. Right. Well, yeah, that's... Uh, that's yeah. A- <laughs> Because it, was, it could actually permanently damage me. Right. 
Um, and I think that I was right to do that. But I don't know if he had asked me to eat a cow's heart if I would have said yes or no. <laughs> I, I might have said it was a raw cow's heart. I mean, divine was anything. <laughs> and, and do it convincingly. So yeah. you know, I, I was never tested in any other way. Do you still have regular conversations with uh, John to this day? I haven't spoken to him today, but we had dinner a couple weeks ago. I saw him. Where were we? Oh, we we did a convention together in New Jersey a couple of weeks ago. Uh, You know, I mean, yeah, we're friends. That's great. That's great. Um, So, you. That's that's awesome, um, and you you you've done the uh, you, you're on the music side of things. Mink Stole and her wonderful band, um, and yes, uh, I have an album out. Yes, you do. Is it Do Re Mink? It is. That's great. Yeah, I, you know you. I, if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, but you did a cover of um, Bang Bang, right? I do a cover of Bang Bang in French. Yes, in French, yes. And it's it's excellent. What made you decide to cover that song? That's that's Nancy Sinatra, right? Years ago, when I was in L.A., a friend sent me a disc of songs that he had downloaded from, oh, what was that what, that that site that was free? They they closed it up. I forget what it was. Oh, it Napster was, or LimeWire? Napster, yeah. yes, from Napster. He had downloaded all these songs from Napster, and he had sent me a copy. And included on that was a version of Bang Bang done in French by a woman named Sheila. Now, her version of it is very different from mine. She does hers much more slowly. You know, mine, mine you know, I, I kind of redid the vocal, <laughs> the vocal styling on mine. I did, I, I, you know, I do all my own vocal, I do all my vocal arrangements. So, my vocal arrangements are different from hers. But, and when I started singing, when I first got together with a band in L.A., I said I wanted to do it, but it took me a long time. It took me a really long time to, to get up the courage to do it. And I did it um, I did it differently when I was doing it live, but when I did it on the album, I worked very hard on, you know, restyling the vocals. But I just... For any show that I do. You know, for my Christmas show, I I've been doing the Little Drummer Boy in French. You know, you know just uh, it's a little conceit of mine. That's great. That's cool. And yeah. are, are you touring with the band right now? No, I'm not. I have not been touring. I've never really toured with the band. We, we we're doing a Christmas show in December in New York at a place called the Cutting Room. Okay. On December sixteenth, uh, which we did last year, and. It was really a good show, really fun show. Unfortunately, every time it's really hard to get the band together. They all work for different bands. Yeah, you know, they all work with a lot of other musicians. I can't keep them on retainer, and every time we, you know, we'll get together, and then something will pull us apart again. So it's really difficult to tour, unfortunately. And I work with. I'm very spoiled by them. <laughs> you know, because they're, 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 I'm not really a musician. I can't really call myself a musician. I can sing, but I mean, I, if somebody, and I know what it is to take it down a third or a fifth, but I, if somebody asked me for, you know, to give them an F sharp, I'm like, huh? <laughs> so, 
hear, I can find it on the piano, I can find it on the keyboard, but I, can't, I wouldn't be able to do it. I wouldn't be able to sing out of that sharp, you know. So it's um, it, it's unfortunate. I mean, the day after I released the album, you know, we had a big album release party here, and the very next day I had to leave town to go work on a play. So you know, my attention is almost always being dragged away from it. Yeah. Well, my Brian, that's all we have. Oh, Time I, for now? Oh, yeah. I, can, uh, can I ask one more question? Sure, sure. One more question. Uh, Mink? Yeah. Um, obviously, you're a huge fan of film in general and cinema. What are some of your favorite scenes from movies that have always stuck with you? Oh, I think anything Betty Davis does, there's barely a moment that she's a... Barbara Stanwyck. I'm a big fan of the old movie stars, and I love them. I love both of them particularly because they could they could play both comedy and drama. Great, great. Well, thank you so much, Mink. It was a pleasure talking with you, and I look forward to seeing you in future films. Well, thank you so much, Brian.